Here we go. You're listening to Monday's Law and Gospel on this February the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be taking a look at one of the lessons for this coming Sunday, and you're probably going to guess which one it is, the Transfiguration of Our Lord for February the 14th, 2021. The Old Testament reading is from 2 Kings chapter 2, where Elisha takes over for Elijah. And, and remember, Elijah ends up going on with chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. The epistle is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and the gospel is from Mark chapter 9, which is the transfiguration of our Lord. So who doesn't know the transfiguration of our Lord? Three disciples with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and guess what? They see Elijah and Moses. They hear God the Father. Jesus becomes transparent with a lot of light. That is, he's transfigured. And so they just assume that, boy, this is something to be told until he tells them, don't tell anybody about this. Very, very interesting to look at. So without further ado, let's take a look, though, and see if we can find some other items dealing with the transfiguration that are not that apparent when you take a look at the English. In fact, the first line is something. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John. Those are the three disciples. And then led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Now, six days. You would just think that's a chronological from the previous meeting of Jesus with his disciples, where the verse right before this says something very interesting. He says, I'm telling you for sure, there are some of those who are standing here who shall surely not taste death until they see that the reign and rule of God is come in power. What's Jesus talking about? Six days are kind of important because after six days, we're talking about the seventh day. It's found elsewhere in the Bible. In Exodus 24, Moses ascends Mount Sinai, it says, after six days. Creation is accomplished in six days, and after that is the seventh day when God rested. And who can forget that the resurrection of Jesus occurs on the seventh day of the week. So 
this is kind of important, that the timing of the transfiguration is related to after six days. And one can find that the transfiguration in the book of Mark is midway between Jesus' baptism and his resurrection. Remember what happens at his baptism? What the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And he says something similar at the transfiguration. And so one can see this as looking toward his resurrection and participation in a new reality. The next point is led them up on a high mountain. Once more, Scripture kind of interprets Scripture. Remember the experiences of Elijah and Moses, both of them on Mount Sinai in 1 Corinthians 19 and Exodus 19. So a divine revelation should not be a surprise given this introductory statement. Where elsewhere in the Gospel of Mark do we find such a foretaste of the coming time? A hidden reality is employed. What is meant by that? We're talking about that Jesus is hidden as the Son of God. We've spoken about when he was born, he did not have a halo around his head. Until the shepherds heard from the angels, they would never have worshipped the little baby. And the wise men, reading the Old Testament, following the star, came and worshipped the baby. So, in verse 3, it says, And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Now, there are different descriptions of the transfiguration because it's found not only in Mark, but also in Matthew and Luke. They say that Jesus' face also changed. Now, that would really draw a parallel between whose else had his face changed. That was not other than Moses himself. But Mark does not want to focus upon Moses. Elijah is far more important, as we will see. The word for white in the Greek is luka. And it appears that white clothing signifies that a person is part of a new dimension of existence with a fully implemented and revealed reign and rule of God. There's no doubt that even in Philippians 3.21, there's a big contrast between the bodies that we have here on earth and our Lord's glorious body. 
we also need to remember that this word white is also used for the angel at the resurrection talking to the women. So it's not difficult to see that this clothing that became that white once more looks forward to the new resurrection. Remember, creation was the start of a new reality, a new creation. Now, the resurrection is going to be the start of a new reality, a new creation. Now, the Bible continues in talking about what happens to Jesus, that his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. The context of that is in Malachi 3, verse 10, where Malachi uses this to speak about spiritual cleansing. You see, the fuller's work in cleaning the garment is appropriate for the visitation of God himself. In fact, in Malachi, this work is done by the messenger himself, who is the Lord. Thus, the cleansed condition, evidenced by Jesus' garments, should be seen as evidence of divine presence and action. What we have here is Jesus showing his true nature and his true presence and activity. Verse 4 brings on Elijah with Moses. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Now, no doubt Elijah is one of the most important prophets. Moses is one who spoke the law. Believe it or not, Elijah never wrote any of the Old Testament prophetic books, but he is in books because of his importance. And Elijah was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind without dying. That's found in 2 Kings 2.11, which just so happens to be the Old Testament reading. And Moses, a prophet, he ended up dying, but nobody knows where he was buried by God, and he appears on the Mount of Transfiguration. Notice that in none of the readings, there is an introduction by Jesus to the disciples saying, by the way, this is Moses, this is Elijah. I use this to answer questions on Open Mic Friday that talks about or asks, will we be aware and recognize 
those in heaven. Not only will you be aware of your loved ones who also are in heaven, but even the prophets. When you see Martin Luther, you're not going to question, well, is this Martin Luther? No. I, I believe, in fact, that God will give us that insight of knowing these people because the disciples knew Elijah and Moses immediately. Now, verse 4 indicates that Elijah and Moses were talking with Jesus. Mark does not say what they were talking about, but it is stated by Luke that they were discussing the exodus of Jesus. That's actually the Greek word, exodus. Why would Mark not put that narrative there? Because he's trying to point more to Elijah as the one Jesus is following rather than Moses and the exodus as a teacher of the law. What we have here, therefore, is the disciples are really aware that they are present at a tremendous event. They just don't realize how important that event actually is. Why? Listen to verse 5. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. The first thing to point out is that where Mark talks about that Elijah and Moses appeared to them in verse 4, what Peter does is he puts Moses before Elijah and says to make three tents. Now, I don't know how I got that impression when I was growing up that I thought that the three tents were like three tabernacles and that we were to, therefore, by Peter, be worshiping all three. Now, the Bible does make it clear that Peter, when he said that, did not know what to say because he was terrified. That's in the next verse. But what do we make of these three tents or three booths, B-O-O-T-H-S? Well, it could have just denoted a simply pitching tent that somebody would put up like when they went out on a trip into the forest or something. But the immediate association is a feast of the Jews called the Feast of Booths. It's found in Numbers 29 and Leviticus 23. What was that? It was a seven-day harvest festival. And what did they do during that time? The people would celebrate with branches and boughs of trees and numerous sacrifices. And during this time, they dwelled in booths. 
to commemorate their mourning under God's hand from Egypt to Canaan. So what you have is a possible reference back to the celebration of the Feast of Booths and the use of palms and celebration and other items, each pointing forward to the coming of the kingdom. What's interesting that in Peter's proposal, not only does he put Moses before Elijah in naming them, unlike what Mark did, but he puts Jesus on an equality with the two Old Testament figures. So this is something that is explained in verse 6. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. That would be the three disciples. They were utterly afraid. And it is clear from much of Mark and other parts of the New Testament that fear is often a telltale sign of divine activity. Remember the angels to the shepherds. Fear not. Gabriel to Mary. Fear not. And you can find it a number of times in the scripture that when somebody sees a miracle of some sort, they can be afraid and fear, which kind of points to a divine activity. Verse 7, we have another situation. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. Now, once more, Scripture interprets Scripture. Remember, Moses ascended into a cloud at Mount Horeb. Also, when the tabernacle was erected and instituted, a cloud of Yahweh's, that's God's presence, appeared. And then when Solomon built the temple, well, when the, whole, when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the Holy of Holies, it said a cloud filled the temple of the Lord at that point. And it says it overshadowed them, most likely referring to the fact that those on the mountain were kind of covered by this cloud. And there's two reasons for the cloud. It could be for protection, as it was when God was in, with, and under the cloud, leading Israel through the wilderness, protecting them. Remember, the Egyptians were chasing after them. And God came between the Egyptians and those of Israel. So protection is one reason, and also hiding. It's very important that in Lutheran theology, we talk about that hiddenness 
is a characteristic of God. Luther talked a lot about the hidden God. In other words, from a reading last week, the ways of God are just unable to be figured out. That's what God is like. But being in the cloud, Jesus is seen as being very important as is found in the next verse. This is my beloved son, listen to him. Now, this is close to what Jesus had heard from the father at baptism. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But now he has given the command to the disciples to hear Jesus. This also is found in the Old Testament. In fact, in the Old Testament reading from 2 Kings, and we're looking at verse 12, Elijah is told by, I'm sorry, Elisha is told by Elijah that if he sees Elijah depart from him, then what Elisha has asked for, namely a double portion of your spirit on me, will come true. And Elisha did see Elijah go up in a whirlwind into heaven. And in verse 12, Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And then it ends, and he saw him no more. Now, how is that somewhat of a parallel to what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, when the Father says, listen to him, remember, Elijah and Moses are present at that time. And suddenly looking around, the disciples no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. What does that tell you? It tells you that the command of the Lord is now we must listen to Jesus and not to other voices. It's such a shame on the radio, on other stations, when people are preaching that they're not really speaking the words of Jesus, but speaking their own ideas. And what ideas? Well, you can get to heaven by doing more good works. Find me a religion that doesn't say that outside of Christianity. And so every time you listen to your pastor, the question on your mind should be, okay, where is he quoting from the Bible? In other words, in the transfiguration, they see Jesus only, no longer Moses and Elijah. They are to listen to him. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. 
That's called the messianic secret, and Jesus speaks it a number of times. And he does so for two reasons. Number one, to protect him from being killed prematurely by the religious leaders. And the other reason is nobody really would understand that until after the resurrection. Like when Jesus went on the road of Emmaus to the two disciples and was able to give them knowledge about what was happening. So what we want to do is take a look at the transfiguration as a recognition of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because when he is risen from the dead, he is all glorious. He does meet with the disciples in a normal state for 40 days until his ascension. But now, when we see him in heaven, he will be all glorious. So the transfiguration is pointing forward to the resurrection. I'm Tom Baker. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we'll be taking a look at a hymn of the transfiguration with Pastor Mark Smith. It's entitled, O Wondrous Type, O Vision Fair. And Mark and I, Tom Baker, will attempt to give you some insights about the transfiguration. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.